I don't know. No one ever really thinks about those things. Mm-hmm. For other people, it's like um, you're doing a, a, you're providing a service, mm-hmm. and it's like a job, mm-hmm. and they don't understand all the other intertwined like things all the little that go, bits to it. Yeah, yeah. So many and layers. that to me always like it always fascinates me because there's so many things like that, right? But I think when things are creative, and it's also for you, someone comes to you with an idea and says, "Okay, like this is the tattoo I want to have." Are you recording anything? Yeah. Okay, good. This is all valuable stuff. <laughs> I think it's all good. Um, I have this idea, and you could be like in your head, like, "Man, this shit's black." Yeah. And you're like, "But I guess." Like, can you know, I can I jump in really quick? Can sure. I ask you a question in sure. regards to that? Because that's perfect. This is where my mind leads me. So, when you create food, do you create food for yourself or for the person who's eating it? I do. I mean, I can't. Or like is it I a balance? Like you're pushing balance, back and right? forth, like right? Like I can't, I can't literally just create all, everything for myself because you know then there would be a menu completely comprised of spaghetti sandwiches. I understand. Right? <laughs> like it would just be a bunch of shit like Nobody that. Nobody would go. Somebody write that idea down. Yeah. Nobody would go. That's a bad the idea. all spaghetti sandwich restaurant. No. I love that. <laughs> you ready to go? I thought we were already going. I know, but we got to do the thing. All right. Oh, you all right. Do like an intro. You're listening to me. Intro oh, here we, we go. Oh, wow. Watch out. <laughs> You, that's uh, the perfect intro for you, I think. <laughs> Especially okay, after, but don't after the. Okay, don't forget where we were. I really want to talk about that shit. No, I know. We'll okay, okay, yeah. okay. It's fine. You're listening to Pancom Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez, joined by eighth grade basketball MVP Michael Beltran. Yeah. We are at the North Terrace of Ariede, <laughs> recording with. Very special guest. Maybe the guest that we have taken the longest between messages of like, hey, we should do the podcast and sure. actually recording. Yeah. That's uh, how I feel about all my tattoo no, appointments, no. too, with her. Fucking end my life. And there it is. That is who we're talking to. We're talking to uh, Puka. Yeah. Renowned. I'm going to say renowned mm-hmm. tattoo artist, Puka. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, follow one Michael Beltran um, on Instagram, some of uh, his prolific boxing content shows some yeah. of Puka's work. Puka did uh, yes. at least one of your tattoos. I don't know she if other ones. Did like three. Three. Well, yeah. this one's two, a two-piece, right? Yeah, and, and then, then one here. One. Yeah. yeah. So and this was. Can I tell you? Okay, Nick, you did your intro. No, yeah, that's it. All I'm right, done. Is that cool. the that's intro. It. Okay, yes, yeah. I'm a tattoo. So like, I had I had never really <laughs> I had never really met Puka before, and I was like, um, and. John had done my area tattoo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we had, like, you know, traded a couple words here and mm-hmm. there before. And I was getting a tattoo by John. I think I was getting Felix that day. Yeah, you were. And um, you were, we were just, like, all talking shit or whatever. And you were like, I really want to do a pine cone. And I'm like, I'll do it. Because I was like, this is my in to finally get on, like, the roster of people that are lucky enough to get tattooed by Puka. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> bro. So, so I was like, all right, cool. I mean, fuck it. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get it. And then that's when I started talking to her about my favorite tattoo and the larger piece that I have, which was actually a cover-up. Yes, it was. It was, um, yeah. Do we want to say what you covered up or no? Yeah, I mean, I, my first tattoo when I was 16 was, like a, like, a really poorly done cross. Got it. It was, like, very by the book, like, Oh yeah, I re- you know they Miami saw they saw a sixteen year old cross, kid. You know, yeah. they saw a sixteen year old kid coming in there, 
you know, and they were like, yeah, 350 bucks. And I was like, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, I was 16. I was like, yeah, I'm a badass now. I have 16? a Yeah. That's fucking crazy. No, I got lucky because my mom and my dad, I'm not lucky. This sounds terrible of me to say. My mom and dad just got divorced, and she wanted to be, like, the cool mom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the best. So she's, like, supporting you in this she endeavor? She was like, sure, I'll go with you but to get a tattoo. But she's a Cuban mom. I figured she would not want you to have any tattoos at all. She I, she didn't, but, like, she was just like, oh, I want to be, like, the cool mom. Right, and right, she knew right. that my dad was like, nah. And she was like, right, yeah, right. yeah, let's do it. I'm like, yeah. Right, 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 right. So that's why. That's how that happened. And then I covered it up many years later. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's gone now. It's gone now. By the way, so, uh, this is also uh, the first time that, like, after all that time of coordination, I said that I was going to say this in the intro, because just for the sake of officiality, this is Jessica Puka Suarez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows me as Jessica. I know. It's, it's wild like, to me. Like, this is the closest we've had come to having a guest with an alter ego. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But all these, like, chefs and different, they're not all, like, no? No, man. Well, I guess because they all go by the You're giving name. us a lot of credit. Really? Yeah, the chef community is not that cool. What? I figured it was like the same kind of shit. No. no? For like artists, like the same kind of thing. I don't know. We're not or really artists. Or maybe not. Though. Maybe you guys like, because you guys like rep your name because it's like the integrity of like your food and like. Sure. You, you're not really like a persona creating food. Can you tell me where Puka came from? Yes. It's <laughs> uh, not. It's not cool. It's I know not that's what you're Ch- Chug is not a cool nickname either. Okay. 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 So. Pretty much, I just I played um, tabletop RPGs in high school. Oh, I love this so much! And uh, my favorite tabletop RPG for the time was a White Wolf RPG, which actually is out of print, so no one can find it anywhere. And if you actually find those books on eBay, they're like super expensive. So, say if you ever want to talk about this nonstop during a tattoo, we should send Dave Arvello. Dave Arvello, over. yeah. Dave Arvello, oh, shit, my old during. neighbor, lots of tattoos, love, yeah, loves um, RPGs. So, yeah, so it was Changeling the Gathering, which was the game, and it was like a fairy kind of game. Sure. And one of the kids that you can play was a puka, which is like a shape-shifting prankster fairy. Okay. So I started to play that character. My friend said, wow, that sounds just like you. This is like a perfect character for you, and started to call me puka at school, and then that's it. It stuck, and then everybody called me puka. So that's been 20 but plus puka, years. Yes, but puka actually, like where White Wolf got it from, it actually has mythology to it. It's actually a Welsh like boogeyman type of character they're usually masculine it's actually not a feminine name even though it ends in an a for us we think it's feminine yeah but they tend to be shape-shifting creatures that like trick like drunk people and mm. throw them into thorny bushes and shit like that so i don't, I don't really, know if that's I, me but i don't know my but friend the name, thought suits that was you. <laughs> the name <laughs> does suit you though yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean I, I, I like it i couldn't imagine you with any other nickname I, I had a nickname Bubblegum when I was in elementary school, but that's it. That's the only nicknames I've ever had. Bubblegum is also good. Yeah, right? Yeah, Bubblegum like is also good. Me. I mean, this is, and Nick is right, this has probably been the longest that we, in between of like trying to I'm really to sorry. Do. You know what it is? No, is that don't be sorry. Both you of have us have crazy schedules. Both of us. Yeah. So it's hard to find like that perfect overlap where yeah. it is comfortable, you know, right. for both parties. And today, I will, I will say I'm always asleep by this time. Anybody who knows me knows that I am an early sleeper and an early riser yeah and i made it here today i know you're the best i feel like i'm in an alternate dimension the fact that i'm even awake right now my husband's at home with the kids this is like a very rare weird thing in my life oh man but you know what i'm enjoying it how is he he's good i haven't seen him in a while home you know how it is (laughs) how are the kids kids? good 
super big. Super big. Yeah, that's how it is, you know. Yeah, they're people they seem say grown. people say like, oh, it goes so fast. No, it really does. Like you blink, and I'm like, do I have a teenager here? It's crazy. It's really bananas. This episode of Pancom Podcast is brought to you by The Barrel. The Barrel is a brand new sponsor of ours here on Pancom Podcast. They are a uh, Miami-made barbecue grill. Made in Dade. Made, made, they are made in Dade. Made in Dade. However, uh, they are very careful to let you know it's not a grill or a smoker. It's The Barrel. So this is actually like a really cool-looking uh, cylindrical barrel-shaped grill smoker I guess roaster also, they're telling you that it's none of those things. It's just the barrel. Mm. Um, some of the benefits. The ability to be hands-off when cooking, which allows you to truly enjoy the people you are cooking for. That's what it's all about, that people. That's what it's all about. That's what so, it's all about. I, I, don't, I can't speak on like the scientific matter of that, but it does kind of make sense because uh, air circulation. So exactly. I guess that's what it's about. So another benefit, the capacity of the barrel as compared to horizontal grills and traditional smokers. Mm. So you can fit more stuff in there. The versatility of the barrel. All different types of foods that can be cooked in it, like vegetables, chicken, ribs, fish, steaks, pizza, etc. Sleek and sexy looking, it automatically becomes a topic of conversation, the barrel. (laughs) I think this is why they were drawn to this podcast, is they knew, like, these are guys who can relate to calling yourself sleek and sexy. Transport. Tran- transportability? Transportability. Transportability. That's right. Choo choo. Chugga chugga. Of the barrel. It is a compact and can be easily transported and assembled to take to the beach, tailgating the park. Because it can be broken down and reassembled so easily, you could conceivably, I mean, listen, I oh, know, I know uh, you're driving okay, around in that boat of a Cadillac, but you could take it, you could tear it down, <laughs> throw it in the back of the caddy. <laughs> How many grills can you throw on the back of the Have Cadillac? you ever seen the trunk of a Cadillac from 1961? No, it I know they're big. several, several, several bodies. I know, but bodies are more malleable than barrels. That's actually a good point. I'm actually, once once we get our barrel, right? once we get our barrel, I think a good test would be, does it fit in the trunk of the Cadillac? I think we should do this. This is a great test. This is good. If, this... you're a, if you are a uh, Series 62, mm-hmm. six, if you're a Series 62 owner, can you put the barrel in the trunk of your Caddy? Um, so, uh, like Mike said, when we get our hands on this thing, we have not yet. We will soon. Uh, so strap in because we're going to have updates on when we finally get our hands on the barrel. Maybe we'll like grill some stuff when we are watching fights or something. Who knows? Uh, you can find out more about the barrel at barrelthebarbecue.com. Barrelthebbq.com. Again, barrelthebbq.com. And oh, by the way, if you're in Miami, you can uh, purchase a barrel. If you're not an online shopping kind of person, you can purchase a barrel at Josh's Premium Meats in mm. South Miami. Josh Pasquale, of course, past guest of the podcast. Check them out. New shop. New things. Looking good. That's right. And uh, just so you know, it's not a grill or a smoker. It's a barrel. If you're buying online at barrelthebbq.com, you can use promo code Bang. Kong 10, that's P-A-N-C-O-N, the number one, the number zero, Pan Kong 10 for, you want to know what that gets you? I I can't wait to find out. I'm $100 gonna... off. Wow. $100 off. Wow. Just for you being a listener of Pan Kong Podcast, Pan Kong 10. Uh-huh. 
you get a hundred dollars off. 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 Michael Beltran, the Oprah of barbecue grill smoker roaster Ooh, things. Ooh man, Watch I out. love this. God, this is good. What's gonna be? What's gonna happen when your kids are like, "Mom, I want tattoos." I don't care as long as I do their first tattoo. I'd be pissed cool. if they got tattooed by somebody else, honestly. That's cool. But and I have to They're going to be such tattoo snobs too. Oh. I hope man. so. My For children sure. right now do not give a shit about tattoos. They don't care whatsoever, period. Oh yeah. Like at all. But they're young, so I think they think it's normal and they don't realize. I think once they get older and they see that their peer group really makes it a big deal, yeah. then they'll see like this is different, this is special, this is I don't know, not everyone's household has that. And then I think then they'll probably want tattoos like when they're maybe 18 or something. But I'm the only tattoo now. person in my whole family. Yeah, I can relate to that. My little sister has tattoos but because I did them on her and she only has a couple. Yeah, just but like yeah. no no one else in my family has any tattoos. Because well, they yeah, don't no, like actually, tattoos? No, my cousin has like three like tiny ones. Because they don't like it or because it's like looked down upon. It's like I, there's I pressure. No, I have no idea. I've never, I've never asked. You never asked? I never asked for like uh, permission or forgiveness for any of those things. Yeah, but you don't see that like that type. Yeah. There's I a mean, certain personality, you yeah. know, that does that. I feel like you're that type. So when did this start? When did what start? Tattoos for you. When did it start? I kind of started late in comparison you see you got tattooed at 16 a lot of my friends started to get tattooed when they were teenagers mm -hmm. um by the time i got my first tattoo i was in my early 20s i think i was like 23 or 22 or something like that which is late for all the cool guys right um because at that point my friends all had tattoos i was like the last one to get tattooed it's like shit but to be honest i just thought you know, that they would hurt too much, that I could never do it. And, like, I was always that girl who would get, like, a cut and would be like, oh, my God, this cut. And then, like, take a shower. Like, no, no puedo. Uh, like, all that. So my mom was like, you can never get a tattoo. Like, what are you even thinking? And I believed that. I was like, this is going to be too painful. And I think the minute I got my first tattoo, I realized, like, oh, this ain't shit. Yeah. And that's it. And then I, I started to get more tattoos. And then it, it <laughs> right? becomes, like, addicting as fuck. Well, because you have power over your body. You have that control. And power tattoos can be so powerful. You know? Well, it's like when you find that threshold of pain, mm -hmm. you know, and like, and you're doing it for, and this is another thing I'm going to, I'd like to talk about more is like, yeah. you find a purpose in a tattoo or you just get a tattoo. Yeah. Like there's two different, and I have both. I mm -hmm. have like, there's tattoos with like lots of purpose and there's mm -hmm. tattoos just because I got a tattoo, mm -hmm. you know? Um, when you find that like threshold of pain and then it actually means something to you, I think you find a lot of strength in that. Don't you find it's like, um... A rite of passage. I find it's... And it, it can be to like, you know, in a general sense of like a group of individuals, but it could be also personal. Yeah. So it could be, you know, thinking like you can't do this and then pulling through and getting it done and then right. realizing that you can and then having immense power. Um, but there's an aspect to that. And I think everyone says too, when you get older, tattoos hurt more and more and you're like less able to like deal with it. Sure. But I think it's because when you're younger, you have more of that, like, gusto inside of you that's, like, trying to prove something. And as yeah. you get older, that goes away. So you're like, I don't care. I just don't want to suffer anymore. You know what right. I mean? Right. Let's just get done. Let's just get it done. <laughs> like, I just want this image. Just get it done. I don't want the pain. But, like, when you're younger, there's that aspect to it that's, like, going through this process, that rite of passage that, like, this is scary or I'm vulnerable or this is painful. But I really want it. How bad do you want it? You get through it. At the end, you're proud that you did it. Yeah. You know? 
the my forearm tattoo, this one. I mean, I was in that chair for. This was an early on one you had. Super early, um, twenty four maybe. Okay, so it's one of your first ones. Yeah, I mean, I was in that chair for eleven hours. Eleven hours. Yeah. 11. What artist even wants to sit for eleven hours? I uh, need to move on, dog. He was he was a young kid, and he was holy shit, eleven hours. He, he was good. Did you get like a fever afterwards? No, I was good. What the fuck? I was I good. I feel so sick. I was I was good. I was just like, but you know, like midway through, he's like, you know, we can stop and you can come back, and I'm like, nah, let's just fucking let's just go. And he's you like, all right, done. we're just gonna take two breaks. I said, all right, cool, we'll just take two breaks, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just kind of like. <clears throat> so what's the schedule gonna be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like yeah. the one that you did, like we, I think it was three sessions, no? Or was it two? Um, I really, I feel like I don't remember to be honest with you. It was something like two to three sessions. Wasn't the because the mame was after, wasn't it? I did the bird first, like the, in two sessions, and right. then the mame was like an extra. And then well, thing. the, the mame and then the leaves. And all those things were. Oh, was that what it was? After, yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't really remember. To be yeah, honest. the bird was first though. Okay, yeah. So, I don't know. I, like, I find it interesting now. Like, at my age, you know, like I guess because it's what I do for a living too. Is like it just doesn't matter. Like, I'll get more and more. Like, I have a neck. No, tattoo it doesn't now. matter. It doesn't matter. I have hand tattoos no, no, now. No. Like before, when I was younger, I was like maybe people would judge me and whatever. And you know. Yeah, I'll but when in. you get older, you care less. Right. For sure. I feel like that's across the board with anybody, but obviously in relation to tattoos. But I think just in general, you you care less. You know, the the finite length of a life becomes so real to you that you know what I mean. Man, I don't know when I when I turn thirty. That's what it is. When I turn, so you're like, who gives a shit? Like I'm alive for like ten more minutes. Let's fucking do this. When I when I I went from thirty to thirty five, I'm like, Mm. man, I'm almost at the end. It's crazy. Listen, like, I was thinking of that so often. I was like, you what know what the age fuck? 35 is? Age 35 is when you're on a roller coaster and you're on the top like this and it's looking down and you're like, bitch, like that. <laughs> That's what fucking 35 is. So, prepárate. Once you hit 35, ah, 36, <laughs> you're in 40s asshole. That's what yeah. it is. You might as well be there. Yeah, 40 no. is almost 45 and 45 is touching 50. 50 might as well be 60. Come and on. Yeah, at 60, we're... Come on, dog. By the time yeah. you're 60, that's the same as 80. Like, we're, on, we're on a rocking <laughs> chair on a patio and we're talking shit with our neighbor yes, because uh, yes. Ilana across the street yes. we started coming in out of the house at 4 a.m. That's like, what I'm saying. It's yeah. a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope, I feel like. I mean, obviously, I'm only in the 30s, so I don't yeah. know. Probably when I'm 50, I'm going to look back on that comment and be like, that's fucking ridiculous, but... Oh, who knows? Like, someone always um, used to ask me, he's like, so, like, what would this person who you are think if you were 10 years older and i'm just like i don't know oh my I just god know i have no idea what i think right now is like i'm i'm aggressive and i'm passionate and like this bothers me does that does that does that go away i have no idea how do idea. you see it in the cooking world with no, like I'm chefs i'm good thank you do you find that as they get older the passion remains or as they get older the passion starts to go away do they is it a common thing in, i don't know the, in indi- that world? the industry eats you up yeah, so I'm saying by the sure. time a chef is 60 years old, uh, it's tough. do they I look mean, like a shell of a fucking who they used to be? It depends. If you cook as hard as we cook in our 30s and you're cooking that way in your 40s and 50s, like you're going to look like a shell of a human. Like yeah. Line cooking is a young man's game. Yeah. And, you know, I still line cook a good amount, but not like how I used to. Of course not, but that's I mean, always going to be like that. Yeah, but, I, you know, I also, I, and I, I probably talked about him before, on 
the podcast is like this guy Johnny Radcliffe that I worked next to one of my first jobs older black dude good cook but like he was in his 50s and you know like the industry is like warmed down and I and I always said to myself like I love this dude but like I don't want to be him yeah you know I don't want to be that person and yeah. I learned a lot from him both good things and bad things yeah and um I just like I always think and like when people ask me it's like you know why do you work so hard in my head, I reference that moment a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about a lot of other things, too. But I'm always like, you know, do I want to be a 55-year-old line cook? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to do something more? Do I want to build something? Like, mm. how does that even work? And mm-hmm. it's very different. Like, in every profession, there's no... And I, I would say that it's pretty similar in yours. Like, there's no blueprint to what our end game is. But that's what's good about it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's good and there's bad. Right. right, like the good is like you're always in this constant strive for like more mm-hmm. and to like better yourself, but it's also like it's there's some people that go into a career they follow kind of like a blueprint of what other people have done to get to x amount of money that's gonna make them feel happy or what they think is gonna make them feel happy, mm-hmm. and then they get there and they're like, "Cool, I'm done, I'm just gonna fucking retire at x age correct, and I think that for creative people, it's not like that. I think, no. you know, I, when you're you, like restless, no, uh, do you feel that? I, I feel that all yeah, the time. Yeah, It's like a restlessness. Well, the restlessness, the, the doubting, the, there's so many like parts of that. And then when you open your own business, then there's even more mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. because now it's not like you're just cooking. Cause like what you, what you asked me earlier, like, am I cooking for myself? Mm-hmm. I can't cook for myself, mm-hmm. you know? I cook for a lot of people, and then I think within that parameter of what I'm trying to achieve, how do I make sure that they know who I am? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's tough. I find that's like the most difficult part of tattooing as well is that client-artist balance. And ultimately, it really depends on the type of artist that you want to be. I feel like both of our professions are really open in that way. Mm. And that's one of the things that drew me to tattooing is the fact that you can really create whatever you want out of it. You can create the career that you want. You can be the tattooer that you want. It isn't, it's not like one set archetype. Um, so, I don't know. You have the, the artists who are just really happy just doing walk-in tattoos every day. And yeah. they just put down a solid tattoo. And they can do that for 40 years. And, and it's out of a book. And it's done. ABC, one, two, three. They do the tattoo. They go home every night. They go to the bars on the weekend. Whatever they want. Whatever their life is like. And one day they're just old. And they just stop tattooing, and that's it. And then you have other people who, oh my God, there's so many shades of gray in this topic. But, like, you know, there's those who want to be the best tattooer, the most different, exciting, pushing the limits kind of art. That they really want to take tattooing to another level. They want to really change the game. I mean, there's, and then there's everybody in between, right? So that's the beautiful thing I think about both of our jobs is we can really do what we want. But I find usually for tattooing, it's around the 20 year mark when tattooers hit 20 years. At that point, you're either still passionate and you're like, people really look up to you and you're like a really well known, amazing person in your tattoo community, right? People look up to you. You can be somebody that really, that people look up to. Or many, many times at that point, 20 years, it's just a job. You're over it. Yeah. Your work starts to go to shit. Maybe you're drinking too much or whatever. Yeah. It's just a stupid job. It's just a job that gives you money. 
and that's it. To survive. Right. Yeah. And I see it kind of both ways. I feel like depending on the type of tattooer you want to be and your experiences in this field, by the time you get 20, 25 years in, you could just be that shell of a person just right. fucking trying to make a buck or not. How I many years in are you? I'm going to be like 14 years now. 14 years. Yeah. How do you feel? Not shitty yet, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel super motivated and I... Well, I, incredibly motivated. You right. just opened up your own shop. Yes. I'm, I'm very motivated right now. I'm very passionate about what I do. I feel like I'm still at the point where it's like an ever-changing game and I'm really still very stimulated by the fact that things can change at any time and I can kind of create the work that I want at any time and I can explore different types of work at any time. Like, it's very free for me, so it feels really good and really stimulating. Um I just make sure that the only requirement I have for myself as a human is to make sure that my work gets better every year, Yeah. period. Even if it's a little incremental, you know, uptick, as long as it gets better every year, I'm happy. Yeah. I, I mean, don't need to be the best immediately, but, you know, I'm at very, least just growth. I, I almost feel ashamed to say the fact that I have not been to your new shop. Oh, no, it's and okay. I'm, We're super new. We opened up in March, so it's only been like six months. But I, I've, I'm intrigued because since I know you as a human being, mm -hmm. the kind of tattoo shop that Puka would run. Wait have, till you see it. Yeah. You got to see it. Is, it's crazy. It's going to be very different and very like, it's going to be a whole different vibe and experience than yes. everything I'm very used to. That was the entire point. To and, be I, and, with I, you. and I'm sure that's what it was. And I love that because... Mm -hmm. It brings like a whole different approach to something that people just say this is the way it's supposed to be yeah, and this is the way it's so just from what I've seen from like the name to the pictures that you've done, uh, of the space and all that mm -hmm. I just feel like it's gonna be such an interesting experience for people that get tattoos. Yes. But it's also you have a very specific clientele also. Yes, true. Yes. But you also have other tattooers in your yes so we all have slightly different styles but our styles overlap so it all makes sense like everybody is really in general into the nature kind of theme not that everyone only does that work we have a couple artists there who do like traditional work but i feel like everyone's vibe the, them as a human being really works really well together so it's dope to have a space where everyone has a, a different style but yet the people are all so similar that when people come in they feel so comfortable and that was kind of like one of the main things I wanted to stress about this space. I mean, it started off, you know, obviously selfishly thinking, like, what would I want out of, like, a personal space where I just work for myself? Yeah. You know, what would I want around me? What would I want the vibe to be, the aesthetic, you know? But then it just moves on from there. It's like, okay, well, here's other individuals who we have common interests. We are similar individuals. Okay, how can we make this space really our own? And I always tell my team... <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but I would say, like, look, as long as the rent gets paid, right, every fucking month, we can do whatever the fuck we want here. This is not about, like, this is my shop. This is my vision. It has to be this way. It's like, we can do whatever the fuck we want. What do you want? You want to go put antlers on the wall? Whatever, go put fucking antlers on the wall. What do you want? I fucking taxidermy here? Fine. I put un palo. I just put un palo there in the front window. And I, <laughs> I fucking, I harvest. Mira, mira, mira. I put... Um, Paolo hanging from the front window because we were going to do a fucking picture and everything on the glass. You know, like every tattoo shop. And I was like, fuck that. I got my friend, Sino. What's up? Chalk and brush. Oh. Check it out. 
She came, she did hand painting on my fucking front door of our shop name. So I love, I love to represent that. I love to have that little piece where you see the texture of the paint on the wall on the on the front door. It looks She's awesome. Incredibly She's amazing. She just she hand hand painted it. And then instead of putting stickers all over the fucking windows, I was like, no, this is witch in the forest. This is what it is. I <laughs> my mother found me tremendo palo like i don't even know where she got it from i have no idea but it was perfect it looked like a fairy tale palo i don't know fucking this big right she goes mira mira tengo un palo para ti okay thank you mom i took it i fucking got leather i fucking wrapped leather and fucking put that shit up i fucking harvested mad herbs and shit from her garden and my garden i made smudging sticks or like cleansing sticks and herb bundles and we're also hooking up with um fellow um like my friend, she does flower farming, palm pike. Okay. So we get um, flowers from her, dry them, make bundles. And we have them hanging there in a bottle on the front when you walk in. Tell me that's not a Hag Ravens witch fucking studio when you walk in. I mean, it's definitely different for a tattoo shop. Yeah, you walk in, yeah. you're like, uh, what is going on? Okay, is there spells being had here? I'm like, maybe. Yeah. You can buy yourself an herb bundle on the way out, a little floral bundle. But all that really matches you though it does really match and but it matches our clientele i feel like it matches everyone who walks in there is so inspired by the space and that just makes me even more proud even more inspired and wanting to just really do things outside of the box because why not you well, know it, it also it matters who you decide to surround yourself with within that space right yes yes like the team that you have right you brought them in for a reason mm-hmm and it's because they match, like, the vibe and what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, like I said, <clears throat> I mean, I've been getting tattooed for 20 years of my life. Mm-hmm. All tattoo shops are pretty much the same. Yeah, especially in Miami, I feel like a lot of them look exactly the same. Um, which is fine, too, because a lot of these shops, too, remember, are, like, walk-in shops. Right. So they're really there just to, like... That's part of the, their angle is to fulfill that need of, like, people just wanting tattoos. And that's totally fine, too. Mm-hmm. I just realized, like, look... I'm going to have, like, a private space. I work by appointment only. The people who come work for me are going to be pretty much working by appointment only as well. We have a little bit of walk-ins, but it's not, like, that's not, like, we're not, like, a walk-in shop, you know? But I think what's really special is creating an experience that the client enjoys all the way through. Yeah. So it's not just, I got a good tattoo, so that's straight. Like, yeah, that's awesome. But... I want people to walk in there and feel comfortable from the beginning. Well, feel like fascinated, engaged, comfortable, happy, you know? I'm intrigued with like your work and the people around you, the work that they do. Like how often do people come to you for their first tattoo? Not that often. Really? I mean, I do get them for sure. Absolutely. But I wouldn't say it's common because you realize too, you have to book an appointment many months out. Yeah. They have to send a deposit. All these things that, like, the casual first-timer just wants, like, some little shit really quick just to kind of see what a tattoo feels like. They're not going to want to go through all that trouble. Right. So they'll usually just go to, like, a whatever shop and get a whatever tattoo. And then maybe I'm, like... Their first real tattoo. They're, like, later on tattoo. Like, a bigger one. Yeah, like the or, one like, that, a custom like, one. They put a lot of thought into yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, It's, like, a thing for them. Right. And it has, like, a ton of meaning and... Like all those things. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I do. I do get first timers, but it's not super common. Like my everyday client is someone who already has tattoos. Yeah, they already that, know what's that up. have orchestrated this thing in their brain of what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, that can happen. Yeah. It depends on the person. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think 
for me, I'm, I'm kind of at a point that, like, the meaningful tattoos that I have, I have them. Mm-hmm. And, like, now I'm just, like, I, I love the sensation of getting a tattoo. Really? I love it. I Does it make you feel alive, Michael Belger? Listen, I chef, usually that's fall because asleep. It's because you're out there doing that boxing shit. You love to hurt yourself. That's why you fucking like <laughs> that shit. I fall asleep during the majority of my tattoos. Nick, does he like to hurt himself? I'm not around for those things. Yeah. I just don't, I like, I just. I see you in the morning putting your stories, sweating the pain. You usually put like DMX or some fucked up <laughs> yeah, fucking music. Is. And you're like, it's six o'clock in the morning. Crime no one mom. wants to work out and I'm fucking doing this shit. Because yeah. you like that, that pain is like, you like that shit. Well, I also like pushing myself to a place that yeah. a lot of other people don't That's feel like they can do. Yeah. And when you're, when you work within an uncomfortable space, I think it pushes you to a limit in which you thought you could not get to previously. That's correct. I mean, boxing, I never thought I would become a boxer. I never thought that I would be able to box six rounds with people trying to be pro boxers. I would never. I would never. I never thought I would ever be there. But that's life, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's good because, just totally off subject, but that, that sport filled a need for me that ended when I stopped playing football. Oh, you know, I didn't even know that you played football. Yeah, for 12, 10 years. What? I had no idea. High school and college. Oh, shit, for real? Yeah. I had no idea. So it was like, it was one of those things that, that I think that focus mm-hmm. and that like, at that moment for whatever, 90 minutes or whatever, nothing else matters. Mm. You're just trying not to get knocked the fuck out. Mm, that's tattooing for me, yeah. And that, I mean, I think that that's great. It's the same thing as, like, you know, when I'm working the line and we're getting fucking... Do you feel that also when you're working the line, or is it too chaotic? No, I, I've... Or maybe I, that, that maybe I the thri- more chaos, thrive, the more you're, like, engaged, right? I thrive within the chaos. Hmm. Yeah, within the chaos, I definitely thrive. When other people are, like, frantic and whatever, I'm loud, and I'm aggressive, but I'm definitely not chaotic. I'm just, like... Yeah, you seem calm. You know, like, if, if you can find that... It, it is a place of happiness for me. Mm-hmm, you know, like, mm-hmm. things are... People are stressed and anxiety is high. and But I'm fucking doing my shit. And I'm like... And I'm ready to crush that shit. Like, that... For me, it's a it's a safe space. Yes. I feel that. I feel that in tattooing. Yeah. And in the beginning, when you do a tattoo, it's so nerve-wracking, right? Because it's like, it's permanent. Are you going to fuck this up? All these bad things are going through your head. And then as time goes on and you feel more confident in your skills, like now I feel like the rest of my life is chaotic and Mm. crazy. And when I sit down to do my tattoo, it's like, okay, I'm just doing my tattoo. And it's just, it's not even the person. It's like me and the tattoo. It's like, whatever. Everything is pushed away. And that's the comforting spot. I mean, you live like a, like a real, like a real person life. You know, like you have kids, you have a husband, the whole thing. Like for me, I just have my work. So, yeah. I, I feel like I'm very bad at personal life. I'm very good at professional life. Why? I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Uh, it's, a, it's a place I've been for, like, the majority of when my career started to escalate and mm-hmm. get better. It's also, like, um, at least in my profession, we're, like, our success can disappear in a heartbeat. Like, mm. it's just gone. Like, your success, there's a legacy there that people can refer to. You know what I mean? For food, especially in Miami, every There's no other, legacy? I, I it's think, just I word th- of mouth. That's I, all that's I think, left. That's I think that there, there's some legacy, but people have such a small attention span for mm. something that they're just going to go have a meal. Mm-hmm. And yours is for life. Mine uh, is true. for three hours. Okay, that's true. I can so see that. I can see that. They're going to come. They're going to go. They're going to leave. Mm-hmm. 
what I always tell my staff, depending on the location, is like, how do you make these people remember you when they're not here? Mm. Like, how do you get them to be like, I don't know, on a like Thursday afternoon, be like, fuck, man, I really want to go back to Chugs because of X, Y, and Z on Saturday. Mm-hmm. When, you know, they're like, oh, well, my boyfriend's birthday is in three weeks. Like, I really want to take him back to Ariette because uh, he had this cocktail or mm. this whatever, the situation that... That, for me, is where we live within it. And it's a very chaotic space because there's nothing... I never to, thought about that. There's that's nothing really to difficult. hold on to. Yeah, that's super difficult. Yeah, it's nothing to hold on to. Like, we're, we're also not the type of spaces that it's like, buy one, get one, right? <laughs> so it's like, you're, there's no, like, deals like that. Yeah. The deal is <laughs> letting us be who we are and being very good at what we do and then you enjoying that. You know so, what I thought of? This is super random. Please feel free to edit this out if I'm crossing mm. any type of line. Okay. Never. Um, so when I had tattooed Chef Michael Schwartz. Oh, Michael. Um, I just talked to him on the phone today. I told him. He asked what my favorite restaurant was. And I was being honest. I was not trying to suck up to him. At the time, I, well, yeah. I told him my favorite restaurant was Cypress Room. That's where I used to go with my husband for our anniversaries. That was oh. like a super special place for he us. He probably got so hurt by that. Yes. Yeah, I know. So he got a little upset. Not that he was crazy upset. Not upset in upset. a bad way. Not in a bad I get, way. I get the upset. But just, you know. Me too. I'm also upset. And he had made some comment. Like, he was like, because I had told him, I said, you know, it's a place that I would just, I would go like every anniversary, every like really special thing in the year. So I would only visit Cypress Room maybe like once or twice in the year. Really, you know. It was like such a super special place for us. But then when we would go, we would enjoy it so much also because of that. And he had made a comment like, well, maybe if you went more, more than we once a year, we'd still be open. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. you're right. But at the same time, it's like, uh, but I think it I've falls heard into, him tell so many people that. Really? Yeah. Because I think it's what you're talking about. It's yeah. like, yeah, it, it's like this weird thing where like that was my absolute favorite restaurant. I absolutely thought about it every time there was a special event in my life. However, I never thought about it as a casual, like, I'm going to go on right. a Wednesday afternoon. It's also far from me and stuff like that. I but mean, yeah, like three hours away. Yeah, it's like very far. Like, it, you know, whatever. My life is, well, whatever. But my point is that, like, how do you, how do you swim in that space, right? It's like, be memorable, be special, but also, like, can you come more than once a fucking year so right. that we can stay open, right? Yeah. Because it's business I, at the end of the day. I think right? it's like a very interesting happy medium that you need to find. Like with Ariette specifically, I wanted to find that, which was the Cypress Room. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to find a, a space that people like myself felt like you can go every day and you can walk out the door and spend 35, 40 bucks. That's what you created because that's what I've fucking done here. I'll tell you. I'll tell you yeah, that. I mean. And, and <laughs> I come I, here and like. I, but I, I also did that because this was my first restaurant. And ah. like. I wanted a place that when I was younger and I had no money that I felt like I could go and feel super posh mm. and feel like, I don't know, like you dress for the job that you, the job that you want, not the one that you have. Yeah, right? correct. So yeah. like, I want to be able to live that life, even though maybe I can't afford that can life. Can I ask you what happened from the change of like how the menu was before to now? Because I, Yeah, because I had, I had come obviously in the beginning a bunch of times and then I've also come and I brought like my in-laws and stuff. And then there was just like a stark change when I came. Yeah. Like one day. No, I want to say one day to the next. I just want to say from like. Change in what sense? The menu. Yeah, but how, like how did you like, the change? I mean, it was just way more limited, way more upscale. 
Um, which is fine. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. And it doesn't bother them either. They're the type of people that they would enjoy that. But it was just a note that I had made. I was like, oh, what happened? Because it was, I felt like it was very different. Yeah. It wasn't a little bit. It was like very. Well, so it was like a conscious decision that you had made. Like, we got to change this around. Or... A thousand percent. Yeah. It was, um, I then had, had an opportunity to use other spaces to be a little more approachable, mm. which is, i.e., Nave and Chugs. Chugs. And some of the other things that we have in the pipeline. And then I wanted to make Ariette more of a story. Mm. I wanted to make it more like, and it's still not, I would say that there's still things that I can't do there that I would love to do. But like, I what do you can't. mean? Like what? Just more, more, more fine dining, mm. you know? And it's not like too that. abstract too like abstract, like people things, wouldn't get it. Like, and they may get it, but I can't charge what I need to charge mm. to make them to mm. actually execute them. Correct. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, it's still business and I still have partners and I still need to make money and Correct. all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think really I pushed it to a point of how far can I take this space? Mm. And I think we're, we're pretty much at peak of like how far I could take it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really reached a point that it's like, if I take it much further than this, it's a completely different restaurant. And I, this restaurant specifically, I never wanted to lose its soul or personality to like the, this personal like uh, drive or kind of like, I don't want it to suffer because of where I want to go. Because she's a living, breathing thing. She is her own thing. She will always be that. Mm-hmm. I can't force what I want onto that restaurant. Mm. I've already like pushed it far enough, and I think that's where to live. You know, we're gonna do a full-scale remodel next summer. Here? Yeah, here. Full-scale oh, remodel. Shit. We're gonna like. I mean, when I first opened, I did it with like a box of rocks and like Tic Tacs. I mean, it was tough. So, <laughs> you know, it needs. To continue doing what it's doing now and, and executing the level of food that it's doing now, it needs to be easier. Yeah. And it's just tough to work in that kitchen, tough to work in that space. Oh, I understand what you're saying, yeah. So we're going to change it, but it will always be what it is. It's so excellent. I really enjoyed it the last couple times that I've come here. Oh, man. It's fantastic, but I really love that. I can, I like, we have other restaurants that I very much care for a lot and I love them. But when I walk into that room, I'm like, I'm home. Mm-hmm. I love it there. It's like... Everything is just like uh, the music, the food, the lighting, where it's Everything. all at. It's just like it's exactly where I like to be. Yes, correct. So even – and I even think if, if I – you know, the goals for me are to, are to open like a super fine dining restaurant, like, you know, only tasting menu, only this, only that. I, 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 I often wonder for myself, am I going to struggle in that space too because – I love this so much because it's a little... Well, but how does it work for chefs as well? Like when you have so many restaurants, like at what point, how, how many restaurants do, do chefs usually have? Because like at what point are you stretched so thin? Do they suffer? Right? Yeah. I would well, I assume. Mean, they, they can. Yeah. Um, for sure. And I think that depending on the kind of chef that you are and why you open them, um, the food and the service and all those things will suffer. Like, I never want to grow to a place that I think it's unattainable. Right. And I think that we're pretty close to a place that, like, I feel like we're good. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't personally do anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason that we could do what we do now is because I have a phenomenal team. You do know, you like, find, like, people are reacting really well to these changes? No. 
Well, I mean, guests or like staff? Guests. Oh, no, guests are. Like they're telling you or you're hearing like the word around town. Do you see reviews online? Like how are you getting this I information? I, I don't ever read reviews online. I never have and I never will. So these but, are people telling you that they've really enjoyed yeah. their stay? I'm well, curious. So for example, we have this one guest. Her and her boyfriend are amazing. They live in New York. They have family here. Every time that they come here, they eat at both restaurants when they come. They may come several days. And they're just like, you know, we see the change. And like, this is amazing and, like, on another level. We eat in New York every day. We eat here all the time. Like, we can we can see what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, some people don't love it. Some people are like, well, I miss the old whatever. And I'm like, mm. well, times change. Mm. Life changes. God. Is that what you tell people? Yeah. Huh? I love that. Yeah, life changes. Well, that's life. Move yeah. on. <laughs> that's awesome. So tell me, I love that. I'm like very intrigued by this because there's, um, I think there's like a comparison here. When someone comes to you and says, I want X, Y, and Z tattoo, right? Mm-hmm. And you think that the tattoo idea is trash. Mm-hmm. What is your response? Mm. That's, it's hard because, okay, I guess it depends on... I guess it depends on whether it's a good idea, but I just don't want to do it, or whether it's a very horrible idea and nobody should do it. <laughs> do you know okay. what I mean? <laughs> so let's say it's a very horrible idea and no one should do I'll it. I'll tell them. Nobody should tattoo this on you, and it's bad because A, B, C. Like, I'll lay it out for them because I'm sure they'll find somebody who'll do it, but I'll just let them know my opinion, and I'm definitely not going to fucking do it, so I'll tell them that. Sometimes people are just all over the place and they just want a tattoo that, re- that represents every single aspect of their life in one yeah. piece. And that doesn't really work a lot of the times. But many times it's people have fine regular ideas. It's just I just don't want to take on the project. So I'll usually just refer them to like another, another tattoo artist. I'm just like so booked out and at the right so now. So booked out. Listen. Oh, sounds no. so posh. I am done. No. I'm so booked. I have no time for any of you peasants. Get out of my way. It's not that, but it's fucking business, right? It's like demand. If the demand is high, I need to enjoy my fucking life, right? Yeah, no, I'm, so, I'm with you, bro. I always tell everyone. I go, if tomorrow comes and nobody wants to get tattooed by me, I'll be out there doing whatever walks in the door and no questions asked. But for the time being, when there's a lot of demand. I want to enjoy my job as much as humanly possible, right? Yeah. So I want to book tattoos and projects that really excite me and thrill me so that every single day when I wake up in the morning and I come to work, it is a beautiful, joyous, humbling experience, right? Isn't that the goal? That should be the goal. You wake up every day and you're like, fuck, I'm so excited to go to work, right? Yeah. It's not I, just work. I think it... You open in March? Yeah. Yeah. For me, a lot changed when I also became like a business owner. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm intrigued to see like where you're at in year five. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen at the year at the year mark. Yeah. Because we're six months in and the six months that I've had have been ever changing. It's been every single month. There have been crazy changes. Yeah, I bet. So and so I don't even know. Five years in, what is that even going to look like? I don't right. even know. How many bottles am I going to have in the fucking front so window? You're going to have bottles, but to lao. 
<laughs> Palos everywhere. Mad herbs and shit. <laughs> Mad herbs. <laughs> yeah. You actually have to enter the shop and answer a riddle for a troll that stands over a bridge. Oh, man. And only if you answer correctly are you allowed to get tattooed. There's a bridge and there's a moat. And the yes! bridge actually comes down. That's year five. That's my goal. Thank oh, you. man. I love that. Yes. This is so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot changed for me when I became a business owner. And it was like, man, there's so much shit I don't fucking know. And I was like... Now there's humans that I yeah. also have to deal with yeah. and like I'm responsible for in some kind of way. Yes. Um, it, it's a lot of, it, it changed a lot of my perspective and anxiety and like mm. just a whole bunch. It's a little different in tattooing because the artists are in and of themselves somewhat many businesses. Yeah, their own business. Because they're independent contractors. Mm-hmm. So it's more to me as a tattoo shop owner, I feel... Like, as long as rent's getting paid, supplies are getting filled, right? Everything's nice, neat, organized, and kept up. Your artists are getting paid well, and they're happy. The environment's cool. It's kind of, like, really free-flowing in a sense, right? Like, as long as I can pay my rent every single month with my team or with myself or whoever, um, there's not, I think, as many variables as, like, you might have. It, it's, an, it's an artistic environment. Yes. So they're yeah. all, like, mini businesses that want to work with my business. And we all happen to just be mini businesses working in one square. You know? We're going to take a uh, ad break here because I uh, need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <Boop>. <laughs> well, I see that is getting a little free ad space from us. This is us uh, giving back to Cuba. They're getting uh, all the love they deserve. That's right. So they gave us some talking points here. I'm going to read them. But yeah. We're going to do a little bit of riffing. All right. Yeah. Cool. You read them, though. Did you know, Michael, that the last free and fair elections in Cuba were held more than 70 years ago? That's one of the least shocking statements I've ever heard. Too many years. Yeah. Cuba wants to change. Cubans deserve to be free citizens with equal opportunities for all. Cuba Decide is a citizen initiative that is working toward a prosperous and happy Cuba where all citizens are equal under the law and have equal access to opportunities for improvement, a democracy in which our right to choose and be chosen is respected. Mike, we had Rosa Maria Payá, founder of Cuba Decide, on the podcast. Um, You know, and and it's a topic, obviously, that... uh, is, is important to the two of us, and you had a lot to say about um, how the being denied those rights all this time plays into your mission uh, sure. with Ariette and Chugs. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think the the fact that we haven't, as I think a community, as a culture, as being Cubans and Cuban-Americans, the fact that we haven't had an opportunity to grow, haven't had the opportunity to progress and to be really who we are, has really shaped a lot of what I decided to like my personal mission to be and meeting people like Rosa Maria and like several others like her in this process have nothing but uh, solidified that that goal for me and to know that I think one thing I think it it also happens a lot in our like in our age group um, feeling like you're alone in that process feeling like that you you're the only one that kind of feels, uh, I guess, a sense of being lost um, because you don't really know where you came from, why you're here, all those things. But in reality, there's other people living the same kind of life and not only living that life, fighting to change right. what history has 
um, but just kind of made it to be so, right? Because right. it's like 70 plus years without free election. After a while, people just forget that there was ever a free election and that things should be a certain way. And there's other people fighting that fight to make sure that this doesn't stay that way. Right. So like you said, there are people who are fighting to make sure that it doesn't stay that way. And that's one of the kind of, uh, not a paradox, but one of the contradictions, right? That we've been shaped by this reality that none of us want to see continue. Right. Uh, so that is a wide initiative that includes Cubans on the island and around the world, along with international friends who together work tirelessly to achieve a peaceful change. They fight for a democratic Cuba and are closer than ever to achieving that goal. So what's the strategy? It's the peaceful mobilization of Cubans and the international community, putting pressure so that the people can live in a democratic system and be free. You can follow Cuba Decide. That's Cuba Decide. It means Cuba Decides in, in Spanish. Cuba Decide in all social media platforms at Cuba Decide. That's Cuba, D-E-C-I-D-E, Cuba Decide, Cuba Decide. To learn more or join Cuba Decide and donate at cubadecide.org slash donations. The funds raised go to train promoters, recharge cell phones, meaning uh, to keep cell phones active and connected to the Internet, uh, produce promotional materials on the island, generate international support, and much more. So go to cubadecide.org slash donations. If you put Pangong Podcast in the memo field in the, dona in the donations, that will signal to them that that money should go to keeping phones in Cuba connected to uh, the internet. This episode of Bangong Pasta is brought to you by Pig Inc. Apparel. Pig Inc. Apparel was started in 2012. 2012. Okay. It's, it's a, that's an actual statement. It was started okay. in 2012. Um, I was sitting at a bar having a drink, and then I drew this like logo very poorly on a napkin, and I drew a name on a napkin. And the entire purpose of uh, starting this apparel line uh, was because when my family came here from Cuba, the uh, what sustained them financially was making clothes. Okay. So my grandmother, she's a G and like a super hustler, and she got on consignment like a thousand yards of jean, and she bought, she made a deal with a friend, uh, her and my grand, grandfather made a deal with a friend to like pay off the sewing machine and then they put it in their house and my uh, aunt, uncle and mother with my grandparents started sewing jeans and then they started selling said jeans and then from that company um, my grandmother started a company with my father called H&D Fashions and we did textiles forever um, 25 plus years until sadly the company closed. We had um, two factories in the Dominican Republic and one here in Miami. And that's really what sustained my like childhood. I grew up in, um, in clothing factories my entire life. You know, like it's a very interesting place to be in. It's like these weird, like gigantic shelves of just huge rolls of fabric. And then these gigantic, uh, tables of, uh, ladies cutting, shirts and then going from one place to the next and then going all the way down this like conveyor belt to like the ones that would sew it and then they would sew it and then they would print it and they would do the whole thing and it's just like what I grew up with so it was a small thing that in 2012 uh which I had no business doing because I had like zero money to actually make it like an actual thing um I was like you know I just want to come up with some like cool designs that are lifestyle food oriented chef oriented that aren't so chachi 
And um, you see a lot of the chachi food stuff, like um, your radishes are wild. Like we we don't do stuff like that. So, you know, we're making like a hard comeback. Our um, um, my partners and I have decided to reinvigorate the brand and bring it back. Our logo lives on within our hospitality company, and uh, obviously through the merchandise line. And we just dropped our website within the last three weeks and we have some great designs that some local guys helped me do um they're all i think super dope and you know it ranges everything from like work shirts um when i say work shirts it's actually the shirts that my staff wears to work to you know cooler designs and nicer fabrics and nicer shirts that you can wear out and kind of like hang out in for the Mm -hmm. day but you know, Pig Inc. has always been like a passion project for me. Um, it's always been something that's never been for money or whatever. It's more of just like the story, and I think it's cool, and I think it's fun. And um, there's a way to help people within the process, too. And I think that, you know, what we're doing with Cuba and what we've done with other people in the past and probably what we'll continue to do in the future with donating to charities and um Overall, I, I think it's I think it's a cool thing. Good shit. So when pigs fly, mia.com, that's where you get all of that stuff. Do you have like a personal favorite item? If you could only have one, I honestly you only have one for yourself. I I mean I think it's because I'm super biased because I love the original Ariette shirt. So the new shirt that we're dropping for, um, you know, cool to see this. Probably my favorite one that I wear the most. Um. So I think that that's super dope. Um, the Reservoir Pigs one is, like, very cool, too. I'm a big fan of the hats, like the beanie I'm wearing right now. Um, you know, I like very simple, like, yeah. designs. So I don't, like, there's, it's never going to be a lot of lot of things happening. It's usually pretty simple. But, yeah, I would say those are my favorite things. The dad hats are my favorite. Like, the khaki, okay. the khaki dad hat is, khaki like, is... Super dope. Yeah. Um, the jersey has been in a rap video. Yeah. I mean, the jersey is so very that. cool. The the area jersey, the Chugs varsity jacket is also very dope. Um, there's really not many of those, but uh, they will be going to reprint soon. So, you know, I mean, it's really like, I feel terrible saying this, but it's like pretty much everything I wear every day. So I like them all. Right. Yeah. All right. WhenPigsFlyMIA.com. That's it. Go buy some shit. Go give Mike all your money. Yeah, all of it. Very good. Yep. I was like, I hope I'm interesting. I don't even know. Oh, what to get talk out of here. I hope you're interesting. Palos. <laughs> There's Palos. I'm excited hanging. about the bottle because, you know, when you walk into the shop, what tattoo shop looks like a fucking forest fairy lives there, bro. That's like. And you know what else? I'm so proud. I have a wreath when you walk in. That it's all made out of oak, like oak, young oak branches that days leading up to the shop opening, I went around, I foraged and I was building it slowly in my garage. I would whittle this fucking wreath little by little over time. And then finally, when the shop opened, I was like the first thing hung on the wall. And it's like, ah, there it is. I mean, it's beautiful. How many tattoo shops can say that? Usually it's like some kind of skull thing. Yeah, no. A skull it's thing cool. or there's like a there's like a snake in some kind of liquid in a jar. I have um rue. Do you know ruda? That herb? 
no. Witches used to use it back in the day to like get rid of bad spirits, and oh, witches yeah? would place it above their doorways in their homes so that spirits oh, yeah. could not enter. I have one of those in my house, but it's not through that. Well, so. I have that over my fucking door. It looks like a. Oh, I forget who gave me that. Some bruja. Probably. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, Cubans, there's brujos everywhere. Of course. Yeah, oh my everywhere. God. Especially in my neighborhood, Jesus Christ. Are we back? We're back. And <laughs> we're back. After that uh, commercial break. Yeah. Um, so, how long were you at Ocho for? Uh, eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Where were you before time. that? Sunset Tattoo Parlor. Sunset. You, it used to be Fat Joe's, and then like halfway through, it that's turned into Sunset. That's where I got sunset. my first tattoo. Yeah, silhouettes. And, that, and that, oh, silhouettes! That's really back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that's really Joe back in the day before Fat Joe's. Yeah, um, yeah, and I was there for five years. I was at Fat, Fat Joe's or Sunset for five years. Yeah, silhouettes is where I got my first tattoo. The one that you covered up. Silhouettes is Miami OG shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's right there real. on Bird and whatever, 82nd yeah. or whatever Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Fat Joe's was there forever, yeah. And then... 84th. So how was your time at Ocho? I love Ocho a lot. Yeah, it was fantastic. I learned a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. They were some of my closest tattoo friends. Yeah, I mean, John and Javier, I think that John gave me my first tattoo. Did he? Yeah. Oh, he's such an OG, that guy. Yeah, he is, actually. He John is the, the guy that will never have anything drawn as soon as you get there. But that is life. <laughs> but he's that still, is tattoo life. He's still, like, great at his fucking job. I mean, Ariet's, yeah. Ariet's logo is his tattoo. It's, yeah, he drew it for you. But, like, what I was saying earlier, most tattoo artists, that's how they work. Yeah. yeah. I have it's a more hard time, loose. Like, it's more loose. It's like you get there... And you talk about it. What do you want? I'm going to draw something up. You know, it's not so structured. And then you go through a couple of drawings and you're like, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. and then it's like a thing. Mm-hmm. But you, you have like a, like a digital board and you're drawing on this digital board. I like board to be organized. Already- yeah. <laughs> I like, you know, I don't, I don't like to waste time. I really prioritize efficiency myself. So I don't like to have clients waiting. I like to have my drawings done before the client gets there. And personally... Not that I make anyone do this, but I send my drawings to my clients ahead of time and get their okay on them so that when they come in for their appointment, they just are coming straight in. I'm setting up, printing it out, sizing it, and we're tattooing. Did you did you do my drawing before? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Shit, I don't remember that. Always. I never draw at, in the moment. Very rarely. I had a client this week come in and she kind of changed her idea a little bit when she got in. But it was very, it was like a freehand kind of free-flowing tattoo, so it was fine. Mm. It's not like a cover-up. I need to have it drawn ahead of right. time. Yeah, that's a really structured. Yeah, that, uh, I would have to say that the tattoo that you did is, was the one that's meant the most and had the most forethought. Really? Yeah. Out of all of them, you have a lot. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Of all of them, like some of them have like some meaning, but I was also... I really like have an issue with like the food tattoo thing. Like, I just think it's kind of like. I've tattooed many food items on chefs. Chachi, yeah. you know? Yeah, I know spring onions and such. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Michael Schwartz. Sir. <laughs> Not only as fucking chef Danny Ramirez, oh, I Daniel tattooed. Ramirez, yeah. I tattooed spring onions or, oh my gosh, what are they called? The purple ones, Lila onions. Oh yeah, those are delicious. I tattooed oh, those on him. Some carrots. Good. 
And I get and I get it. Yeah, I under, for sure. I, I understand it, but I I am always like, I'm like, can we have something that has a meaning but doesn't isn't just like the exact thing? Yeah. I always like search for that. Like, what is the mean? Like, even Felix has like an undertone of a meaning that nobody knows about, and it's just Felix the cat. So there's like so many like the one that Mike did the Sing Asukar one of the cafeteria like that's mm-hmm. got a lot of like undertone of meaning because I don't want you to just like look at something and be like oh yeah that's just like. Yeah, it's just like a bird or it's yeah. just a cafetera or whatever. Yeah. I think there needs to be a little more depth. Now, there's also like, I got the happy face. I got the sad face. I got other it's things. It's always a mixture. I think when you have a lot of tattoos, it's always a mixture. It's never one way or the other. You're going to have some that are just aesthetic, some boberias. You're going to have meaningful ones. Where are you at now? Do you have boberias too? Señor. por favor. Of course. My middle name is Boberia. No, <laughs> I have, of course, I have Boberias. I have what I call that's party the, ankle. That's the title of this episode, by the way. My Boberia? middle name is Boberia. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have like, yes, I have a tattoo that was done on me by a friend of mine, drunk on my bachelorette party. I have, yeah, we have, but again, I guess that's meaningful too, right? I've got things I've gotten simply for aesthetics, just because I love the way that they look. Right. Some things. Look, I got the Ocho's. 6240 yeah. tattooed on me because obviously to commemorate my time there that's really meaningful but it's it's a mixture it's always going to be a mixture if you have a lot of tattoos that's how it's going to be yeah yeah i feel the same way like i'm at, i'm at that point now that it's like some and i think about like what's going to be my next like meaningful piece is it going to be a big piece should it be something small should it be like big? Uh, but it's going to come up naturally you can't plan it no i know that's it'll, how it goes. it'll happen eventually but even now like this week i was actually talking to john <laughs> Like, four days ago. John is crazy, man. I fucking love that guy. <laughs> he was tattooing, like, a good friend of mine. I was like... And I texted him. I said, listen, I'll pay you 200 bucks to tattoo something on him for me. <laughs> You're getting people in trouble. What the fuck are you going to have him do? And he was like, bro, I can't do that. I was like, but show him my idea. So then my buddy texted me. He's like, I'll do it. And I was like, I never thought he would agree to do it. What was I, it? It was that stupid thing, that design that John has, that it's like the hot dog in the... Jesus hands. I don't know if I've seen that. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's like. And it's, you told him to get that. Yeah, and oh he was like, God. "I'll do it if you pay for it." I was like, "Oh man, I was oh just my it's God. a bluff," and he called my bluff, and I failed. You didn't pay for it. No. You didn't do it. No, I didn't. Chef! do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I should have done it. I should have done it. This is for another fellow Hablando chef. Mierda. Yeah. You see? Another fellow chef. I failed. God, so, that would have been so great. Just I like know. Venmoed him some money, even like. Fuck it, I owe That was my plan. I was like, like I'll whatever. Venmo you the money. I never <laughs> thought awesome. Seth would agree to it. Aww. And he fucking agreed to it, that fucking Aww. savage, man. That's fucking cool, though. I know. Um, so Restraint. Before we finish, I want to talk about restraint. Okay. The restraint in the food, what we're talking about. Okay, so I'm fascinated by that. I'm exploring restraint as a theme in my work currently because it's something I've struggled with a lot for many years. Like not simplifying a design, overcomplicating it when it's not necessary. And I find for me in tattooing, sometimes clients want complicated tattoos because it makes them feel like it's somehow better, right? But really what makes a powerful and strong, amazing tattoo is restraint, simplifying it to its most powerful core and just applying that beautifully. Mm -hmm. And I find that in food as well. Yep. Because I was talking with Jackie, Jackie Syatt. Oh, yeah, Jackie. Yeah, when I was tattooing her, I the think the last time. The world traveler herself. Yes. I think she's like 
Is she in Peru now? I have no idea. I know she's always going around yeah. somewhere. Um, and I was trying to figure out because I still feel very ignorant in the food world. I mm -hmm. love food and I'm very passionate about the way that I enjoy food and drink, but I feel like I lack a lot of inner knowledge on how the world that world works or how you guys see your food from that internal perspective. And I realized in talking to her that the food that I really enjoy is food that shows restraint. Yeah. So it's the same thing. If I go to a restaurant and there's like five sauces on something and it's this on top of that, on top of this. And then well, they're and hiding. It's like, oh, God, what is this? It's, it's fucking disgusting. But then when I go to a restaurant and it's like, no, it's this thing that you're getting with this other thing and this one more thing. Yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, it's like then I eat it and I can taste every single element. It's so clean. It's so precise. I feel like I enjoy it more. And I found that parallel between tattooing and, and the food that I like as well. Elegance within simplicity. Yes. I mean, there's... The, and because... Um, I have like four thoughts here. Okay, I know. I feel okay. like it was like a big one. I just dropped. I have so many thoughts on this. Yeah. Elegance within simplicity. The more you draw off the plate, the more you can show who you are. Mm -hmm. And the less you have an opportunity to hide yes. behind something that you are not. Yes. So like... A great example is our foie dish here, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The foie dish at the beginning was not like convoluted, but it was a little messy. And it, albeit delicious and the flavors worked, it was still not refined to a point that I felt like I was telling anyone anything. So we stripped it down to its core. Like, what are these things? It's like plantain, it's foie gras, and it's sauce. Like, that's all it is. And there's like a crumble on top or whatever, mm -hmm. but that's more of a texture thing. So... How can we execute these three flavors but still show finesse, uh, talent when it comes to technique? Mm -hmm. And I think we found that with what we have now. And it's like finding that sweet spot. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've had a bunch of chefs that have worked for me that will come up with a dish and they'll, and they'll present this dish to me and it'll have like... 12 components and I'd be like alright so take 7 off of this is it dish. easy to add more like when you're cooking or creating something with food is it easier to just add more shit in it is that like where the instinct goes that then you I, have to pull back from that but that's all insecurity right because you're trying to like hide behind these elements well right? it's not even just hide it's like I like I'm trying to figure out your brain well, the way well, that my brain pe works people, people want to be like I want you to like me. I want you to like me. Like right, me, right, like right, me. right, like, right. Like me. Like this is who I am. Right, so right. So like, right. no. But if I had this, it'll be better. If I had this, it'll be better. Mm -hmm. I'll be. If I had this, in my mind, it's like, strip it. This is who I am. Mm -hmm, Do mm -hmm. you like it? Mm -hmm. If you like it, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's where I like find the very like safe space. And we we do very complicated food, but our our complex complicated food is more in the technique. And within the reason than it is in the actual. It like, seems on purposeful. The plate. I don't find right. it to be convoluted or like too much. You know. Every touch is on purpose. Yes. There should be no touches that don't have like some kind of sensibility to. Yes. Them. Like yes. it's just like. But also, the market is so saturated with so much trash, right? Yes. So much yes. trash. I have this problem when I try to go out to eat, and I'm not a snob or anything. But I think once you, once you taste good food, it's like, 
fuck. Every time I go somewhere, and I'm never going to complain. I'm going to eat it and just shut up and whatever. But I find that there's very few restaurants that I can go to and wholly, really enjoy everything that I've eaten. Yeah. And trust that whatever's on the menu when I open that up is going to be something I'm going to want yeah, they, and enjoy. People always... I'm a big sports person, so I always go back to like... <coughs> Sports analogies, like mm-hmm. there's always going to be some faction of the game that people are going to fail at mm-hmm. because they want to. I'm in a in a very interesting position because okay. <laughs> no nobody tells me what to do with food. Right, right, right. Right. So like, I'm an owner. I have partners. They trust me. They they love what I do. They love what we do. Um, and equally, I love what they do. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's a very like. It's a great ecosystem to live within, right? Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee you if I worked for bigger companies, they would be like, well, you need to put this on the menu. You need to do this kind of thing. You need and to where do- does that come from? Them just wanting to sell more, like right. make money because money. that's what people are going to want to eat or whatever? Money. It always comes from money. Mm-hmm. It always well, this, The national average of this thing sells more than the national ah, average of I that see. thing. Right. So it's not like a it's a business decision. It's not like a creative, philosophical, emotional decision. Oh my gosh, correct. All those things for me matter. Like the creative, philosophical, emotional decision is what really creates a good dining experience. Mm-hmm. Like even Chugs, that's like a fast, casual place. There's purpose for all that food. Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. purpose for everything that's on the menu. Mm-hmm. There's purpose like, mm-hmm. why are there saltines on the chicken salad? Because that's what I grew up eating, you know? But of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, you know, like if you're in middle America, it would probably come with bread. So it's oh, just like, I see, I see. It's just like those small moves, they, they make a huge difference. And it's what is the story you're trying to tell? In a lot of companies, it wouldn't be that. In a lot of companies, it would be like this item sells more than this item. Mm. You know, like one of my restaurants is going through a very like visceral change mm-hmm. because it needs it because the identity is suffering, mm. you know, so. And that's what I do. I provide I provide identity and meaning and like actual structure to like what the menu should be. Mm. And I feel like that restaurant specifically lost that space. Mm. So now I need to go back from square one and strip it down to like what are the things that are good or bad here and then build on top of that. I'm really trying to work in that space this year. I'm really trying to explore that and push that within my own work and simplifying the designs and maybe even and i'm starting to do more things too besides just botanical work too and i really want to dive into more fantasy work just because again just because i have interest in those things but like things like swords for example yeah. how they're such a powerful image i love that but again not having to fill it with shit yeah like just executing a sword clean i love this powerful. When, are, when, are, when are we doing our sword <laughs> so, so ready but this is this is where i'm really going with it it's like i have in the shop i call it rice and beans rice and beans is your everyday tattoo your bread and butter right that's where you're gonna make your money so i'm always gonna have my rice and beans tattoo i'm always gonna have the sunflowers the orchids like the things that everyone's gonna want for their grandma for their mom for their yeah, but whatever it's, it's also like those are things that you are also known for correct and yeah. those are my rice and beans i'm not deleting that but aside from that, I really want to explore this space of restraint, but really purposeful, powerful designs. So not a design that is just, here's a hundred flowers. Well, I know there's always going to be people who like that, but what is that doing? You're just, it's just a fucking mango, right? It's just a mess. But how can I just get one image or one idea 
simplify it, right? To its yeah. bare minimum. Execute it perfectly. Have it sit on the body perfectly. Yeah. And just have it be powerful. Well, th- there's a... Uh... First of all, when are we doing our sword tattoo? Because I'm so ready for <laughs> I'm that. I'm so down. Yeah. And Secondly, axes too, battle axes, so fucking rad. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm with battle axes too, but yeah. I'm also like uh, a Michael, so the sword has like meaning. Oh, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So uh, there's a phenomenal chef in the UK. Her name is Claire Smith. And she did this photo shoot that I was like, I was like, when I saw the food, the way that she did it, I was like, Amazing, because there's no other focus than the food, right? Mm-hmm. It was just like a blank white canvas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they built on top of that. Mm-hmm. So we tried to mimic that. Um, thank you. We tried You're to. so m- great. Yeah. She's fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> we tried to mimic that, and I, I personally feel like that's the best our food has ever looked, because there's nothing grabbing your attention but that thing. Mm-hmm. Correct. But the food. Correct. But what's like being focused on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was like, uh, it was a game changer for me because like often in the restaurant world, like you get so, the vision is so muddled by like whether it's music or the service isn't great or the service is great or like um, so many other like dynamics. Like how do you get them to focus on the thing and do they even really care? Mm-hmm. Again, because it goes back to the fact like you're capturing someone that's going to be on their body forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm capturing them to fill their stomach for three hours. It's true. So it's a weird it's a weird place in trying to express yourself artistically in that space. Mm. It's tough. It's tough. I battle with that a lot. That space between what I want and what the client wants. And luckily, I'm in a place where I have a lot of clients who are super open. And that's always beautiful because those are the spaces where I get to really explore and experiment. Um, but not always, you know, sometimes clients are not really that willing to budge from their idea. And at the end of the day, it's my job and I have to get it done. So I don't always get that freedom, but I think too, well, with my job specifically, I don't know if it's the same or if there's any mirroring there, but over time you build such a relationship with your clients that maybe yeah like the first few designs were like very structured in their mind it was just meaningful meaningful for for them maybe that's the orchid tattoos or the sunflowers or the very basic whatever tattoos they wanted but then from there they get that trust in you they see that light in your eye right Right. when you say chef i would love to do a sword on you yeah and then you're like i love this i love swords i'm so ready (laughs) yes this is how the pine cone happened. Oh, I have two cancellations coming up. I'm just letting you know. Ooh, <laughs> heard that. I you came, heard it here first. My, my assistant texted it to me. She's like, just letting you know these are the dates. And I'm like, Wow, mm, so I'll posh. You have an assistant it. and everything. I have to. I have to. You know what I told myself this year? I told myself, this is the year I'm going to stop trying to do everything myself. Yeah. And, and I'm just uh, going to find people in my community who are good at those things. And together, we're going to get shit done. But I had a terrible problem of trying to do every single fucking thing myself. Well, because you're... And it's a burden. You have... I mean, but too you, much. you like to have a lot of control. I like to have control. Let Can I tell you, you another my, thing? Sure. Before you jump, don't forget this, whatever you were thinking. I won't. When I tattooed Michael Schwartz, that's the other thing. He was asking me a lot of questions. And he saw that I was, like, very particular about certain things. And when I had mentioned... Because I was talking to him about the pigments and stuff that I had made, that I tattooed him with. And when I had mentioned that, I said... I just like to have to, I like control over all these variables, as many variables as possible. And a little glimmer just fucking flickered in yeah. his eyeball. And I realized, 
That's him too. Yeah, oh, that's why yeah. he is probably good at what he does, right? It's like that's 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 that variable of like getting in there and saying no. This has I, to be a certain way, to a certain <laughs> level, to a certain degree. You know. I haven't worked for him for seven years, and I love him. I talk to him all the time. We're on the phone today. I think it was today or yesterday, and he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, I'm getting ready for service." He's like, well, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm working a station today." He's like why you work in a station and he starts asking me all these fucking questions and i'm like chef i need to work a fucking station today what the fuck do you need like can we talk about what you need (laughs) and he was like and he was like no but i want to know like what's going on i'm like it's not your problem it's my problem let me deal with my problem yes but he is a control freak too and i get it yeah you know like um i'm also a control freak it's you don't have to even be a full control freak but you have to have a little bit of that. Oh, no, I it know. has to be a little bit in there. That's the only way that you're going to be so successful and good at your job long term. So in in this conversation of like simplicity, the tattoo that you did on me, the, the big piece, do you find that as simple or not simple? No, let me look at it again. Okay. No, not simple. No? I mean, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't count because it's a cover up. So I'm kind of a slave to the function, you know? Like, I have to do well, I mean, what I need to do to cover it. In, in reality, the second part was the cover-up. The bird was on its own. Because the cover-up lives within the actual Yeah, leaves. but, like, I would view this, like, the way that I'm talking about restraint is, like, in composing my designs, for example. So, like, if you're asking if this is simple or whatever, I, I feel like it's just exempt from this conversation because it's a cover-up. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. Because I had to, I have to just cover it up. So it's, right. it's really not up to me. I mean, I try to keep it as simple as possible. There's not a lot of other elements involved. Right. You've just got the plant material with the fruit and the bird. So that's pretty simplistic. But you're you know. the only person I, I've like trusted with like a very big tattoo with color. I've yeah. never been like a big color person. Yeah. And it was like, um, I remember when we talked about this at the beginning, and you were like, "Yeah, this needs to have color." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "What is this bird called again?" Drogon. Drogon. Yeah. Okay, so you know what's crazy? I just. I just antiqued two bird pieces for the shop and I just picked them up. I didn't really look at them too much and I put them on the wall and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at it and there are two drogons. Like I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a minute. I know this fucking bird. I'm like, what are the odds of that? I was at, I was at strange. I was at this meeting and the guy's like amazing or whatever. And he's got this beautiful mural on the wall and, um, it's a Cuban brewery. Uh, Manny, he was on the podcast before. What brewery? Uh, La Tropical. Oh, I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's Where is a, it located? It's in Wynwood. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, he's got this beautiful mural of a trogon on the wall. And he's like, yeah, I bet none of you guys like know what that bird is. And I was just like. You're like, bitch. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, I had this bird before you had this bird. <laughs> That's what you what do you mean I don't know why this bird? <laughs> That's what you I know why this bird. <laughs> I just burst since day one, dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so good. No, I mean, I, like the um, the tattoo on my back that I got when I was like really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one are like my, the ones. And, you know, like the piece that John did for Ariette are my, my favorites. Well, they're the one, meaningful. Well, the one, the, the piece that John did, it was just so like organic mm-hmm. you know like i was like you know ariad stands for this like feminine and masculine like there's sexy food but it's got like this purpose and we have this hammer sexy food right yeah okay. i think our, i think my food's pretty fucking sexy bobby i just ate 
oh, fucking wahoo crudo oh, yeah, on the right. fucking bar the ahí con a little drink. Oh, yeah, very sexy, okay? Very sexy. It's a fucking Wednesday night. I'm at a bar like this. You know, oh, checkerboard, checkerboard. And I'm dipping in the little salsita. The guy next to me tried to talk to me a little bit. I was like, ah, no, no puedo. Yeah, no. Which guy? The old guy? That was like a nine-year-old guy. No, there was another guy. He kept looking at me. My husband was like, oh, if you want, FaceTime me so people don't hit you in the bar. I'm like, Bobby, I came to this bar wearing baggy Target pants and a chunky cardigan. I'm safe. And don't worry. Nobody gives a fuck. You're totally good. Nobody gives a fuck. Okay? It's fine. (laughs) I, um... The idea of, like, achieving simplicity through an art form is very difficult. Extremely difficult. Every artist, every creative mind throughout history, throughout time, has struggled with this concept and worked on this concept until the day of their death. I'm telling you that right now. That's across the board. It doesn't matter if it's food, music, art, visual arts, anything. Because it's so difficult because we want, it's like what you said earlier, you kind of want to hide behind all these things, right? In tattooing, it's easier when you have a lot of shit going on because if you fuck something up, you could just shade over it, cover it, the eye doesn't see it. You know, people are kind of um, enchanted by the design. They don't know what's going on. Well, I find like... The more simple, the harder. Yeah, the the world of tattooing, I feel like, can be a hair convoluted because... So many younger kids want to do, like, these big, elaborate things that over time will fade to nothing. Well, yeah. And We're then, just at a place right now where I think people... I feel like there was a time in tattooing history where there were rules and everyone stuck by the rules, so to speak. And we're just at a point now where tattooing is very accessible to people. Mm-hmm. We have the internet. We have Amazon. Anybody can just purchase a tattoo machine and start doing it at their house. Right. And nobody gives a shit about the rules anymore. I don't think people even... Apprenticeship. People don't even give a shit about apprenticeships. I know, which people is People just want an Instagram account that gives them a million followers. Look at me, look at me, mirame, mirame. That's, that's Relax. what it is. Relax, you're Instagram famous, dog. No, I'm not. Huh? You're, I'm I think not. you in top five. You're probably no top five on this podcast with Instagram following. No way. For sure. And we've it's had 100 episodes. Much. I had one tattoo blow up though on the internet oh. recently, so I have felt which one? Which one? the the thigh piece that I did on Sino, the tropical oh, yeah? plants, because now you know plants are so popular with mainstream people. That sounds terrible. <laughs> with, me, with the mainstream, the plants, the stand. You know, like house plants are very it. popular right now to the average individual. So this tattoo that I did that was all like these tropical house plants. I'm sorry if that's rude that I call them houseplants, but that's what I consider them. It's totally fine. Um, I'm not offended. It just blew up because it was like every single plant account reposted it. Right. So I gained like a bunch of followers and that was cool. Although I'm sure I've disappointed all of those new followers. The only, the only reason I've that... I've only posted black and gray since then. P- Pig and Apparel has any followers is because Puka posted that she bought like three things. And it was like, that's the only reason why we have any followers. I really love that fucking merch. Thank you. Fucking... Hello, I know what the fuck you're doing. You did Thanks. that fucking shirt, Miami Against the World. That's like a fucking try. <laughs> That's like a fucking try. Like, I could feel, like, the oh, aggression. Oh, the socks are nice, though, right? I had to do it. The I socks had to are do dope. it. I saw it. I was like, I had to get it together. <laughs> Listen, when can we, you... Can we shoot a video testimonial with Puka for your <laughs> Pig Inc. website? Yeah. That shirt, yeah. when you wear a shirt that says Miami Against the World... Yeah. It's conversation starter, yes. But the aggression in that, oh, I connected to that. I was like, yes, it's not. We're not pussyfooting around here, you know. I when I saw that you bought that shirt, I was like, makes total sense. Oh, 
I looked at all of the options and I was like, mm-hmm, yes, 100%. I love to wear it to work and I wore it to work and I was like, please, I asked one of my coworkers, please photograph me against this wall wearing mm. this shirt, please. It that's was wonderful. A, that's why we have our most followers now. No, today because of Puka. Up. It's absolutely that's correct. That's a super rad shirt. It's so strong. It looks so like fucking hard. You know what I mean? And I equally I bought. That. I bought the. Uh, I bought your shop shirt. I <laughs> thank you so much. On Etsy. <laughs> on Etsy. I was that shirt. That shit like almost completely sold out. I have like five more shirts left. That's it. Well, that's great. Yeah, I'm super happy. Yeah, I'm we super happy. we actually had to print more hats. The hats have moved the best. People, yeah, I guess people really like hats, right? Well, I don't even know about how that works. Yeah, I like mean, that. it depends. Like, that very aggressive hat, like the camo hat, sold oh, yeah, out, like, yeah. right away. Yeah. Um, but that, I love that hat. That hat sold out right away. Yeah, 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 100%. But I thought the merch was great, and Thank I love you. that. And if you come out with more merch that's like that, saying some slick shit, I'm going to buy that shit. We're working on it. Yeah. We're working on it. As long as Dave Arvello isn't coming up with our, our sayings, because he's had a lot of ideas that are very bad. What? Oh, no. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Don't know this can, can we get at least one here? I can't repeat Honestly, them. There's oh. a lady in front of me, and I just no. Oh, it's those like, kinds? Yeah. Why it's just, are you okay. talking about? They're like sexy shirts? No, they're just like very aggressive. Like, fuck you, bro. Like, that's all it says. No. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you want me to say the one that he came up with? That, I would love to hear it. I mean, chef. I want to hear it. I don't know. Please. If, oh, God. And he was like, dog. Oh, <laughs> dog! Okay. I bet Say people no would buy the shirt. I swear. I mean, he's from Virginia, so it's not like a. What? This isn't a Kendillion. Well, why is he dogging you? Well, he, I mean, he he's, dogs from, he's from Richmond. Yeah. So do they dog? I thought it was dog. a Miami thing. I mean, no, I don't know. dog is worldwide. But he's adopted the mang. <laughs> oh my god! He, he mangs he's everybody. Adopted oh the mang. Okay, what is the shirt thing? Uh, real men eat uh, pussy and pastelitos. By day, that is aggressive. <laughs> that is That's so, aggressive. And he was like, "So I had dinner with him the other day." Let me ask planet. you a question. What's his name? Dave. Let me ask you a question, Dave. Who the fuck is gonna wear that shirt? And where are you gonna wear it? There Am I gonna be walking down the street? He is You're so, gonna walk down the street and have people go, "Oh!" I mean, people have worn more vulgar shirts than this. He, he, no. like, I had oh, dinner. Yeah. I had. Well, I, I guess had maybe a, in the history of the world, but like no, not commonplace. In the world, I had a very uh, romantic dinner with him at Flanagan's the other day. Oh in which he bought me my own Flanagan's cup, uh, which I did not own any previously, and um, <laughs> probably shocked Dave. He just like went into like a twenty minute like diatribe of why we should print the shirt. And I'm like, no, yo, Dave. he's really behind it. He's super behind it, but he also created the shirt that I think is going to get sold the most, which is Real Men Listen to Sade. Which one? Oh, okay, but that- that's. But you see what you see the difference there. I'm the with word that pussy one. is not involved. Yeah, I'm. With I feel it. like not everyone wants to wear. Pussy on their fucking clothes, but that I shit, told him I would not wear that shirt. But that's like the side. That's like a, a flex in a subtle way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a whole. I think we talked about this before. Like, I posted a picture of myself in that shirt because he made one just for me. Oh, he made it. Okay, it exists. Just for me, it okay, exists. Okay, okay. And uh, like, some other dude tried me. He's like, you don't even know who Shade is, and I was like, bro, fuck you. What the bro. fuck is this guy? And then it was like, so there's like four of my very good friends that are like big Sade heads. And they're like, well, you don't even know this song. You don't even know that song. And this song. What about this song? And this song. And this song. It was a battle. And it was like a battle on Instagram. It was crazy. Because they fucking tried you. We're not going to have that. That's what happened. Well, that's That's why, you know. Miami gets the world. world. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm telling you. You see? It's fucking hard. You want to wear that shit. He was a New Yorker. He was a New Yorker. He doesn't know shit. Dog. All right. And that was Michael Beltran's New York accent. <laughs> that, that was my, it was a good accent. I don't know. It wasn't good. I didn't nail it. 
I blacked out. No. <laughs> All right. Are there any other questions and any interesting points you wanted to hit? No. I mean, that was it. I think we've I think we've hit a lot of like interesting points. Okay. I'm like very. All I want to know is like in the first. It's not even been a full year of like your first business year. What are your feelings? And have you have you yet? Has there been yet a day that you get woken up in the middle of the night by a thought about work? Mm, Chef Michael Beltran, I will remember and quote a past podcast in which you said you woke up in the middle of the night wondering if you should make ketchup because can you even make it better than Heinz? Yeah, I will true. never forget that moment. <laughs> I did say that. Uh, I've had many of those moments. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think just right out of the gate. I mean, let's not even fuck around. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Woken up in the middle of the night just thinking like, what is this going to be like in a year? What is the end goal here? Do I need to have an end goal? Can I just enjoy the ride? Who's going to be working with me? What's their end goals? How is this going to mutate over time? Right? And it's something that I, I'm really trying to be present in and not focus too much on the future. Yeah. I'm really, so far in these last six months, have really organically gone with the flow of how the shop is growing. And it's been really fantastic. We're now offering cosmetic tattooing also, which is oh. like another pivot that started like in the back because my Very shop lucrative. My shop is kind of like divided in half. We have like a wall in the middle. So the whole front, and it's like a pretty nice size. So the front is like the tattoo shop. And then in the back is where I do like my herbal morning glory stuff. Mm. But now also that space is shared with cosmetic tattooing. And we've just recently redesigned the whole back room. So it's just going to be another avenue, like another aspect I try to view the shop as like a community shop. You know, like we're in Kendall. It's not, you know, it's the fucking suburbs. It's not like. I can't wait to go to get my sword tattoo. <laughs> I can't wait. You're going to see. It's going to be, it's going to be quite the experience. Um, but I've had many of those catch up Heinz moments. Yeah. You know. I think that's when like the dynamic changes that you're just responsible for yourself. And then now you're responsible for. I have an apprentice now. So I'm very responsible in my mind for him and the type of information that he gets and how quickly he grows and develops and how good of a tattooer he's going to end up being and what morals he carries with him into his career and all these types of things. But you know, that's why you are going to breed the best possible future. I hope so. For your career, people, like the faction of the world that you, you know... Yeah, I hope so. It's just like, it's interesting because I think about myself and I'm like, I always tell any cook who works with me on a day-to-day basis, you will leave here better than when you arrived. 100%. And you will leave here capable of working anywhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe not like the way that we run our stations and the way that we run our business. Like Maybe that's not all the same. But the fundamentals that I teach you and how... I tell you to think about the industry in total mm-hmm. will affect you forever mm-hmm. because I was very fortunate that I worked for great people like mm-hmm. Michael mm-hmm. and like Norman that set the tone for me for a long time mm-hmm. and, it, and it changed the way that I look at everything. So like I take a very personal approach to everybody. When we hire anybody, doesn't matter what role you place mm-hmm. within the company, I meet with them. If it's for five minutes or 50 minutes or an hour or 20 minutes, I meet with them. Because I want to know, like, what is it that you're trying to do? Some of them don't even last a week. Yeah, for sure. But it doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. 
Because if they last five years, mm-hmm. then they know that they met with me first and they understood, like, this is what we're about. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a very, like, weird... You start thinking about things completely different. Like, you're not just Completing. coming up with dishes. Now you're, no. like, coming um, up with plans. You know, now also having an apprentice, I find... This is my first apprentice also. It's not... This is, like, a, something I've been really hesitant to take on in the past. I've had people ask me before... But I never, I guess I just wasn't ready or ne- didn't feel ready at the time. And now I find that the best part about having him is being not only super held accountable for every little detail, right? Because you want to lead uh, through example. Yeah. But then also kind of learning with him. So not taking the avenue of I know everything because I don't, right? There's plenty of tattooers out there who know more than I. But we can kind of together figure shit out too right now this past week um i had him mix his first pigments which was fantastic it's not something many people do anymore it's like the only piece of like old school tattoo history that i really hold dear to myself and we kind of went on that journey together we tested different variables we tried different things okay we wrote notes what is this pigment like? How does the color change when it sits here? What method did you use here? What was the liquid that you used here? What was the ratio? And it's kind of like, it's, it's cool. exciting. Yeah? Yes, it's cool to learn with him. You yeah, know? It, it's, um, I think as we've grown, the one thing that's really struck me the most is like the teams that I trust the most. Yeah. I tell them, okay, here's an idea. What do you guys think of this idea? Mm-hmm. We like that idea. What about if we did this with that idea? What if we... And I was like, okay, so let's let's pick a day and let's work through all the ideas. So we sit there, we work through all the ideas, we sit down, we eat all the mm-hmm. ideas. Mm-hmm. We talk about them, we talk through them. And it's just such an organic, like, honest experience. 100%, yes, yes. That I feel like, in my profession, is missing because mm-hmm. of ego. Right? Oh, because, totally. Because everyone wants to be like this, uh, the top of the totem pole, like, thing. I want to see, like, these kids that I, like, very much love, I want to see them grow. I want to see them better than me. 100%. You know, like, That's be, the correct attitude. Be better than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't make the mistakes that I made. Mm-hmm. Be better than me. And, like, how can we work through all these things on the day-to-day? And it's incredibly fulfilling. Super fulfilling. Inc- that was my point. Incredibly fulfilling mm-hmm. um, to see them grow, like, right before your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's all... I, you have kids. I don't have any kids. So it's like having kids and seeing them grow mm-hmm. into like the human that they're mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. in their profession mm-hmm. and then carry that wherever they go. Yeah, 100%. And I like my my hope, at least for me, when it comes to my profession is like in 20 years to be like to have someone that I see something in their food like that was me. Mm-hmm. They learned that from us. And it will be there. From an experience that we had together. Mm-hmm. And I'm super proud of them being where they're at. Mm-hmm. 100%. It, it's like a... It's an art form and it's Through a thing that's... Through their growth, you grow as well. But right? it's super lost now, right? Because everyone's all no, about yeah, instant gratification. Everybody. Yeah. You could buy the tattoo gun, uh, you know, on Amazon now. A lot of people are doing that. Yeah. And they'll just start tattooing. And then they'll just... Oh, I don't even. I don't even think we can go into it because you'll have another three-hour podcast if I start going into that shit. But nobody gives a shit about learning the correct way. They just want to get a fucking machine, start doing because they want to make that money. They want to get 
Instagram famous. They want to move to New York. They want to go do whatever they think cool tattooers do. And they don't give a shit. But there's so much richness there in getting an apprenticeship and and learning the correct way and taking your time and not rushing into it, you know? Well, learning from someone that's made a ton of mistakes and that knows so much more than you Mm -hmm. do at that moment Mm -hmm. is incredibly important to your development as a human being. Mm -hmm. And like failure is key. Oh, 100%. Someone telling you that you have failed. (laughs) Oh my God. You made me laugh. (laughs) I thought about this tattoo that (laughs) my apprentice had done. (laughs) I feel so bad. It was like one of his first tattoos. Lewis, you're fantastic and you're wonderful. Um, but You're fantastic. It was a moment where I needed him to really feel it and he felt it. And it was one of those moments where he went home like a sad dog and I texted him, we're going to talk about this in the morning. And he, that whole night, kept thinking about it. Oh my God, what is this fucking bitch going to tell me? Oh my God, this tattoo, this thing, and, this, and the client and how she sat in this thing and then the pain and the... Uh, And then in the morning we talked and it was just like, you need to feel that eating shit moment Yeah. for you to be like, well, well, I'm never going to do that again. Let's not do that anymore. (laughs) Right. And you grow so much, even if it's just from that one instance. Mm -hmm. And I find like, if you look at his work, even now he's again, we've only been open for six months and he's only started to tattoo. You know, it's not like he's been tattooing a year or anything. Um, But even in the last month of the work that he's done i mean we sit down and we talk about every single tattoo that he done that he does and we talk about simplicity what could you have done better what could you have changed when i look at his designs what can you remove it's so much growth in such a short period of time i think every time in the beginning i felt a little bit bad because i felt like i was only telling him negative things but he once he kind of saw like it's kind of like that growth and change through like that eating shit and i don't want to say failing but not Fail- doing- failure is fine. But yeah. you, know, you know what I would tell you, though? Like, and I only learned this through boxing. It's, it's interesting, but I learned this through boxing. Is that, like, the less you think, sometimes, the better you perform. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. the more you are so, like, adamant about making that thing perfect, mm-hmm. the more you fail. Mm-hmm. So, like, at that moment, and I, I go back to this because, like, I'm not a great boxer at all. I'm, like incredibly probably lower level mediocre Mm -hmm. smooth is fast and fast is smooth so like when you're putting so much of your effort in your mind to be perfect at a thing you usually fail Mm -hmm. and for me the same dynamic happens so much in food like when i'm in my house and i'm alone and like music is very loud and i'm pretty stoned like, I'm thinking about, like, what is this dish going to be? What is it going to be? And it never materializes until I'm within that moment. When I'm within that moment, I can strip away all the shit that does not matter. And I find, like, the focus of what a dish really means. But do you think that's because yourself has moved out of the way? Yeah, but it, t- it, takes, that make it, sense? it takes time to understand what moving out of the way really means. Yeah. You know, like... When you, like, care so much and you want to make it so fucking perfect and you're trying to do a thing and you're trying to, like, not disappoint you or yourself or, like, so many other things, when you strip yourself of all that shit and you're like, this is it. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing a thing and I'm feeling the moment. Mm -hmm. That is the most pure aspect of any kind of art form. 100%, yeah. And it's, like, and it shows so much on a plate 
on a canvas, on a human. Like, it just shows there. And the people that care the most, and this is like the most frustrating thing, right? There's so many people that can give three fucks and are super talented. Super talented. They give three fucks. They don't sleep at night, though. They're twisted inside. They're twisted inside. <laughs> but I, I, I also... not sustainable long term. I also feel like they'll, they'll never... F- like reach their full potential because they're no they will yeah, never I see like what you're saying. push themselves yeah i see what you're saying but the people that live like that carefree yes i almost envy them yes yes right because they can live in this ether of like whatever bro yeah it's true it's fine it's true i can't live there mm-hmm. i don't think you can live there mm-hmm. and i think a lot of other people that's like incredibly care about their crafts can't live there either but it's this weird it's a push and pull, right? Right. Yeah. Of like trying to find that happy medium of like living within the moment and also trying to execute a thing that's trying to be perfect for someone else. And we both do it in very different ways. Yes. The best part, I mean, the one advice I have for everybody tattooing is when they start off and they get really nervous that it's on a person and it's permanent, the only way you're going to do a good tattoo is you have to not care about that. Yeah. You have to completely forget about that. Because yeah. if you get so stuck on step one, which is this is a human and this is permanent, you're you're going to suck. All your designs, it's going to come out. You're going to execute it terribly. The minute you forget that it's a person and you don't give a shit and it's just you and the tattoo, like that moment where you remove yourself from it, right? It's like that flow state. You're not in the middle verbalizing like, oh, do this line, do it like this, hold this, stretch it like this. You're not so rigid. You're not. You're right? living. You forget about yourself and you're just doing the thing. And then that's when you have your best your best tattoos. Yeah, it's a great moment to live within. It's delicious. It's very rare. It's rare. It's very rare. To live within that moment that yeah. everything is just like flowing and flow like good. Flow state is hard. It's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky. And to like expect yourself to live within that flow state every day is like very No, tough. it's tough. Yeah. Very it's tough. long term. Absolutely. All right, I think it's time. I think we've reached like the the Puka needs to go to bed. Yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've uh, we've covered lots of angles. I hope it was interesting. Thank you so much for having me I'm, here. I'm so proud of myself. I stayed up. Yeah. I want everybody to see. I hope everyone's looking at this shit. What time is it? Look, I'm still it's awake. It's 10:45. Holy Ooh, shit! I it's nailed it. Watch 10:45, out. and I'm still awake. Watch <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> All my friends are like, there's no way. <laughs> so I guess this is where we do the wind down. Nicholas, do your thing. All right, so uh, we always end each episode first with parting recommendations and then with shameless plugs. You can go first or you can pass it off to one of us, but the first thing is each of us recommends anything as long as it's not yours. So something you read, you watched, something you ate, a oh. place you think somebody should go, a song yeah. they should listen to, a book they should read, anything at all. Anything, anything at all. Yes. Can I pull it up really quick? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, do whatever you have to name. do. Yeah, we have the technology to uh, to cut that out. I'm really enjoying this book right now, and I really yeah. want to share it. Cool. But it's really incredible. And it's written by a really old-school, cool herbalist who's very structured, <laughs> structured. and controlling in his uh, Structure is delivery. Bad. But... It's really wonderful. Michael Tierra, by the way, is an incredible herbalist, too, that I enjoy that kind of marries spiritual, Ayurvedic kind of aspects to herbalism with also just scientific aspects. But this is the book I want to recommend that I've been reading it every single day. It's incredible. It's the Herbal Medicine Maker's Handbook, a home manual. 
And it's um, by James Green, who's an herbalist. And he's just the cutest darn thing. And it's an incredible book. That's it. Cool. That's what I recommend. Mike, any recommendations? Yeah, so I just like rehashed. I had a, a Monday off and I, I laid in bed for a good amount of time. And um, I rehashed watching Gladiator again. Wait, had, Gladiator? Gladiator. Like that Cuban shit where they fucking gladiator. No me gusta pasta. What was it? No. No me gusta pasta. <laughs> no, you know, you're thinking 300. <laughs> but. Oh, 300. That's, and that's lo, Los Pichis boys. Yes, right? that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Okay. A mí no me gusta la pasta. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. I can't remember what the fuck he said. Okay, my, my fa- bad, dog. My, my favorite line from that, though, is the there's a part where, you know, the two Spartan, like, <laughs> leaders are, ex- are, like, inspecting all the soldiers. Yes. And one of them goes... No, deje que esa carita de jeva te confunda, que es un espécimen. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Sorry, 300, sorry. not Gladiator, my yeah. bad. Oh, Gladiator, Gladiator, the movie, yes. Russell Crowe, okay. Gladiator. I hadn't watched it in many years. Still very good. A very, very good uh, movie. Still made me teary-eyed at the end. Yeah. Like it has so many times. Sad so Gladiator. I, I, I know, but it was great. Mm. I recommend it. I also recommend here in Miami a restaurant that's been there for I think thirty plus years called Los Gallegos. It's on uh, Bird Road and I believe seven seventy second, sixty ninth, something like that. Uh, around the, across from where we had um, tacos at one time. They don't across, have one in Kendall yeah. too. I feel like I've seen that like more I'm west sure that, as well. I'm sure that name is like very common. Oh, okay. There's also a Gallegaso on Coral Way. Yeah, a Gallegaso. Um, but Los Gallegos been there for a long time. I had dinner with Matt. Matt from Kush and we had a splendid time and I highly recommend for people to go there. Um, that's those are my parting recommendations. Good stuff. Nick I am recommending uh, one thing to everyone and then another thing to everyone, but especially to Puka. Oh. The thing I'm recommending to everyone is a uh, free uh, stand-up special that's on YouTube. It's Shane Gillis live in Austin, Texas. Okay. I sent you the thing where he yes. makes reference. Yeah. So that, that guy was super funny. Um, so Shane Gillis live in Austin, Texas. And the thing I'm recommending to Puka, but also everybody else, but super close to your work, Food Truck. By the Firestone on 120th Street, between two buns. Between a, two oh, buns. Oh, JP. JP. Yeah. Yeah. Between two buns. It's oh. in the it's in the parking lot by the Taco Bell. Uh huh. Between two buns. Okay. It's a good time. Really oh, good. Shit. Second shot out for JP. Here That's on right. Yeah. Is that like a sandwich? Situation? It is. Yeah. Yeah. They do so, sandwiches. They do fries. They do yeah. things. Mm. They do. It's a good time. The fried chicken sandwich is super solid. Oh, cool. Yeah. 120th Street. Okay, so yeah. it's over by me. So yeah. those are my two recommendations. Awesome. All right. Uh, and now, shameless plugs. Tell everybody where they can find you on the internet mm. or in Everyone already follows Meet Puka. Space. No. That's true. You can <laughs> find me on Instagram at Puka. Simple as that. P-O-O-K-A. I have an herbal company, Morning Glory Naturals. You can find me on Instagram at Morning Glory Naturals. <laughs> it's very to the point. And the shop, Great Oak Tattoo. Find us on Instagram at Great Oak Tattoo. Really also, they have an Etsy be... shop. They have an Etsy shop. Oh, There's yeah? five shirts left. Get yeah. on those five shirts that are left. They, it's a Dark Crystal, Skeksis-inspired, like, Halloween-y type of shirt. And I have very little left, I think, in large, extra large. And it's, if you go to the Great Oak large. Instagram, it's in the link. Yeah. Yeah. Link in bio. Yeah, I mean, I think the demographic of our, um, of our the people who listen to our show will know who the Dark Crystal is. I hope so. 
Yeah. Yes. So I think we're solid. Okay, good. I think we're awesome. solid. Awesome. Mike, shameless plugs? All the things. All the things. This is where we put our Sade all the things song. Yeah. All the things. I still got to recommend all my shit. I mean, we've, been, yeah, we've done this 80 times already. All the things. All the things. All the things. Yeah, all the things. 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 All the things? Yeah, just pay attention. Nave's rolling out a new fall menu. Great. It'll be great. It's going to be such a good time. <laughs> Sounds like you're very excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, excited? <laughs> you can find Pangong Podcast on social media on all the things at Pangong Podcast. If you want to support the things that we do around here, you can go to patreon.com slash dademag, D-A-D-E-M-A-G. For as little as a buck a month, you can support the thing. Or you can go a little farther if you want to join the Abuela Mami coffee tier, get coffee in the mail every month, you know, all kinds big of stuff. Bucks, big bucks. That big really bucks. Good. Big bucks. Yeah. Abuela Mami. Uh, Abuela big Mami, bucks. baby. Um, Artist coffee. Our artist coffee. Artistic coffee. If you join the $1,000 a month tier, Kiki will paint your coffee. $1,000 a month. No, he has not agreed to that, and it's probably more expensive than that. And um, if people pay attention, we're going to do a super quick lightning round That's right. with Puka of five questions. Which is a thing you only get if you're paying at least a buck a month on Patreon. It's at a lightning least round, a buck five a month, questions. people. Listen. This isn't OnlyFans. Just give us a no. buck a month. It is what it is. That's right. You're going to get good content. Stop Stop it. Patreon exclusive coming right up. Thanks, Puka. Thank you and, so much. Uh, and we'll be right back after this commercial break by no one because nobody pays us. <laughs> Thank you.